0: Well, good morning, church, and happy Easter to you. My name is Reverend Andy Maddock. I'm the lead pastor here, and I am so humbled and so grateful to stand before you on this special day. What a joy it is to be able to come together and to celebrate on such a beautiful day here in Southern California, the risen Christ, to know that we are a part of a rich tradition some 2,000 years strong of sharing our story at its best that Christ is not left in the tomb, that death does not have the final answer, and indeed we are known to be more. Friends, whether this is your first Easter here at VUMC or your 51st Easter, you are welcome here. One of the things that we try and do to cut down on paper and other things is we use an app for our church. You can find it on the Google Store, the Apple Store, Valencia, UMC app. It has sermon notes on it. It has an opportunity to let us know you joined us in worship. It has information about opportunities to be in service and in fellowship in the weeks to come. And I just commend that to you as an opportunity to connect with us. But let's join in a brief moment of prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks for a holy people on a beautiful day. We ask that your spirit move among us. That we might be able to say that the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, that they were acceptable in your sight. Lord, who is our strength and the source of all salvation. Amen. If you are fairly new to church life or you're not in churches but more than Easter or Christmas, that's okay. I understand. I'm allergic to church. They pay me to come. (laughs) Here's what you need to know. Churches have a lot of church ease. Phrases, turns of phrase, prayers we offer with regularity, songs we sing that we know that might be new to you, including Charles Wesley's Christ the Lord is Risen Today. And so to abandon all of that pattern and to make sure nobody feels left out, I want to invite you into our family. And I want you to know that Camille and myself have for the whole of our lives, knowing that we both have a retired Methodist pastor dad named Tom... Greeted Easter morning with one or more people telling us, Hallelujah, He is risen, to which we are required to respond, He is risen indeed. I got that text from my dad at 5.34 this morning. <laughs> he doesn't play around. So in that, and know that it may come up again at some point in this worship, we're going to try that on one more time. Hallelujah, He is risen. You all sound fantastic. That affirmation, that hope, that conviction and belief has served the church for 2,000 years strong. We lean into an identity as an Easter and resurrection people. We know the hope and possibility that comes at Easter because it is a part of our proclamation the other 51 weeks of the year. We are defined by today in how we live our lives. The relevance of Christmas and the incarnation of Christ is made its fullest in Easter and the empty tomb. There is on Easter a spirit of rejoicing. It is us at our best with these hand-painted flowers and our fantastic musicians and the beauty of this space. It is a time of mystery where we hope and we long that Christ draws near to us as well. And it has been a pattern of faithfulness for the people of God in a single affirmation. Hallelujah, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, you guys are paying attention. Let's look for signs of that in the first part of our scripture reading this morning. John chapter 20 tells the resurrection story in this way. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, he looked in, he saw the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Oh, but then Simon Peter came along behind him, and he ran straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Hallelujah, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Easter starts with crisis. We're used to it. We are an Easter people some 2,000 years strong, but the simple truth is is that Mary, showing up at the tomb, does not have 51 other weeks of preaching to affirm the sense that what the Scriptures promise us is resurrection and new life. When she gets the tomb, she's not reminded of great teachings or great sermons or great songs. Her first impulse is they have taken the Lord. And out of that panic, out of that heartbreak, she begins to weep. She begins to panic. She turns to the people that she can, the disciples who follow Jesus. Maybe they have an answer, but surely they don't because I was with them for the Sabbath. I was the first one to the tomb, and nobody has seen Jesus. They have taken the Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. The first Easter helps us deal with broken patterns in our Easter firsts. Now, there are a lot of firsts at Easter. Maybe some of you are watching children or grandchildren Easter egg hunt for the first time or coming in a new, beloved, first-worn dress or bonnet. Maybe you have the chance to connect with new ways and new relationships and new opportunities, new expectations about what life had, pregnant with possibility. Whatever the year holds for you, this year of Easter firsts might be lovely. But for some of us, Easter comes as a reminder of some broken patterns, of painful memories. For some of us today, it is a first Easter without a beloved spouse, child, or parent who we have said goodbye to in the last year. For some of us, it is a first Easter with a broken relationship and new dynamics of singlehood or struggle. For some of us, it's the first Easter without a beloved job or pattern in life. First Easter's can be a struggle. But the good news is, is that the Gospel of John joins us right there in our experience because the first Easter itself was one of crisis. So when Easter is difficult and painful, when it is hard, when it is tough to gather with everybody dressed at their best and with all of the beauty that surrounds us and with music that just knocks our socks off, it is, can be tough. But when it is hard, when it is painful, it is then that the story of Mary comes to us. Because it is a reminder that Jesus meets us in the midst of that kind of crisis. Watch what's next. The disciples went back to where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they have put him. At this she turned and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Believing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, it... If you've carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I'll go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him. She cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to God the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene went to those disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, hallelujah, he is risen. One of the other Gospels asks the question, why are you looking for the living among the dead? What is it you seek? Mary stands there with her tears in her confusion, and she waits and watches. She's not impressed by angels who were not just there before asking her what's going on. She's not impressed by some gardener asking her why she is crying. In fact, she needed to hear her name. A sense of general identity wasn't enough. Woman, why are you crying? Asked twice to no avail. Sometimes in our lives we need to know that we are known, not just by our categories, not just by our responsibilities, not by our titles, not by the names on our tags or on our desk or our business cards not by our reputation in the paper or on the internet, but that somebody knows our name because it carries who we are. And when she goes from, woman, why are you crying, to Jesus just uttering the name she had been given, Mary, her eyes are opened and her heart is filled. She's called by name. And hearing her name, she clings to Jesus and she recognizes him in the resurrection. It is only Easter for Mary when she hears herself called by name. That's a pattern I want us to lean into this year, be it Easter and then our series to come when we talk about baptism, opportunities for service, our identity when we long to see Jesus in the resurrection. We need to hear our names called by the Lord because when you hear your name at Easter, it is an opportunity to discover a new sense of mission and purpose for each one of us. When Mary recognizes Jesus because of her name, not his, because of her name, she knows then what she is to do. She's given a task that overcomes her grief, her longing, her frustration. It becomes her hope. She goes back out to the disciples and the first Easter sermon preached is a woman standing before a room of men and saying, I have seen the Lord. That's all it took, was a confession on our hearts that he has called me by name. I have seen him with my eyes, and my world is somehow different because Easter was the response to my brokenness and to my grief and to my mourning. When you hear your name, it's a chance to tell the story anew. When you are known by a God who loves you deeply, it's a chance to share the good news. Because the truth church is, for all of us gathered here this morning, there's a bound to be fulfilled out there of people who have not heard their name who do not know about a Christ who died and rose for them, who do not know of a God who loves them and created them, who loves them just as they are and redeems their experience from where they've been into who they might be. They need to hear a story that claims them as God's own and the good news that we have seen the Lord. That's our work. Hallelujah, he is risen. He is risen Indeed. Would you join me in a moment of prayer?